Hi, uh, and welcome to another episode of Pod's Own Country, the Yorkshire Post political podcast. I'm Chris Byrne, the Yorkshire Post political editor, and I'm joined today by Oliver Coppard, who's recently been selected as a Labour candidate for the South Yorkshire mayoral election in May. Um, the mayor's job, um, as many of you will know, is currently held by Labour's Dan Jarvis, but he's stepping down to concentrate on his parliamentary duties, which means there'll be a new person in the chair uh, in the very near future. So, Oliver, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, I guess first question is, question is, how's the campaign going so far? <laughs> it's going well, thank you. Yeah, uh, eighty. I think we're sort of eighty, eighty odd days to go, um, and uh, and a lot to do. You know, around a million voters to try and sort of talk to, uh, sort of get in touch with, um, and uh, and so yeah, there's a fair bit of work to do, but um, but we're getting underway already. Because it was quite an intense process, wasn't it? Selection just to be the Labour candidate, let alone to actually win win the mayoral election. Yeah, La- Labour Party s- selection processes are, I think it's fair to say, pretty brutal. Um, so it was a sort of it was a it was a two month process, pretty much um, well, officially a two month process from start to finish within the Labour Party, running against friends, colleagues, you know, people I've known for years, um, who who we all put ourselves forward, and then. Um, the, the members across South Yorkshire of the Labour Party get to decide who they want to represent the Labour Party at the election. So, um, yeah, it's a, a fair old job trying to communicate with 10,000 people in a small volunteer team of friends and family and, and anyone you can kind of like strong arm yeah. into helping you. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty intense process, especially over Christmas and New Year, but we got there in the end. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I guess for, for those people who, who don't know that much about you, I, I was just interested in, in finding out a little bit more about kind of your political background. And I noticed on, on the biography on your website, um, you talk about delivering leaflets for, for Labour from kind of the age of six. And I think I'm right in saying that your dad was the former chief executive of, of Barnsley Council. So is that right? And have you been kind of, it sounds like you've had almost a lifetime of political experience. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Politics was politics was always part of our part of our family. My my granddad was a he was a communist in Vienna. So um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so it's always been part part of our family, uh, not on my dad's side actually. But um, yeah, so my my dad was he was he was at Barnsley Council for most of his working life, um, and ended up as as chief exec. Although obviously, kind of you know, when I was a kid, he was a council officer. Yeah. And um, he was um, he he was working with the trade union Nalgo. Some people may remember um, Nalgo, trade union local government, and um, and also a member of, and part of the Labour Party. So he used to take me and my sister out um, around uh, Broom Hill in Sheffield, where we grew up, and um, and we'd get twenty p around um, for the for the leaflets. <laughs> Got to go back to him in terms of uh, minimum wages and what they what they could do. <laughs> Certainly wasn't 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 a, wasn't a decent rate of pay, but yeah, twenty twenty p around and. Uh, do the leaflets and then we go to Mike's News on Exel Road and uh, and get a bag of sweets. So um, so that was my introduction to politics and uh, and that's I guess what's kept me going. And so did you um obviously you were kind of I won't say press gangs but you were you were involved in politics from a young age but did it kind of in the eve like when you were a teenager and things was it something that you wanted to go into or was it something that you've kind of come to as you've grown grown older? I think I think I've always sort of been been passionate about um, about how you uh, make the world a better place, which I know sounds you know pretty trite, doesn't it? Really, but but actually, I think that's the truth of it. You know, you look around you and, and you see the the million and one injustices that people go through day to day, and, and sort of figuring out how to fix those and, and make things better um, is something that I've just I guess always been interested in, talked about 
um, wants to know more about and get involved in. And, and I think when you are introduced to politics and, and particularly the Labour Party at a young age, you see that there is a route um, for you to be able to, to sort of play that role. And, and so being able to see that there were people out there in the community, in my community, you know, not least my dad and, and, and people I got to meet through the Labour Party who were actually there day to day, you know, going through that, that hard grind, that slog of actually improving our community and for little recognition, little reward, but you know, that was, that was how things improve and, and being able to see that is, I think what allows you to see that potentially you could do that too. And, and, and that was what gave me that, that opportunity to see that, that things can get better if you work at it. And, and so I put myself forward when I got the chance. Um, and it's, the, go on, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just our first, first stood for local council. I was a paper candidate, frankly, in, um, when I was, I think I was 22 or 23, I studied politics at university and, and, um, and through that course, um, we were sent to work in Congress. I worked, worked in the States for a guy called Dick Gephardt, who ran for president um, in, well, the, the, the Democratic nomination for president in, I think, I think 92, I think that's right. And then um, he was the leader of the Democrats at the time when I worked out there just after, after like 9-11 and in the run-up to the Iraq war. So it was like a fascinating time to be there and then worked in Parliament. Um, for four MPs down there, and then our own Meg Munn in Sheffield, and my sort of journey went from there, really. And so, I think you kind of—I think it's probably fair to say that you kind of first came to public prominence with the 2015 campaign against Nick Clegg um, in Sheffield Hallam. And at the time, Sheffield Hallam wasn't just a safe Liberal Democrat seat; the second place party was Conservative and had been for a few elections, and it had previously been a Conservative seat. And you obviously didn't win, but it was a close run thing and it effectively became a marginal and is now a Labour seat. So what kind of what happened in that campaign to kind of move the dial and and in terms of kind of the way that that constituency viewed viewed the Labour Party? Yeah, look, I mean, I think. I'm really proud of that campaign. So I was first selected to be the Labour Party candidate in 2013. So I had a good sort of two years as, as the candidate. And it was the seat, um, I mean, t- the boundaries had sort of changed, but it was essentially, it was a seat I would call my home and, and where I'd sort of grown up, gone to school. Um, so my home, my, my community. And, and I think, you know, a couple of things happened. One, we worked incredibly hard. So for two years, um, we, we worked really hard in the belief that, that actually things could change. And, um, uh, I remember when I was first selected, uh, Andrew Pierce in the Daily Mail called me Twitter the week for daring to suggest that we could <laughs> that we could take on Nick Clegg in, in Sheffield Hallam because I'd written an article saying, you know, it's winnable and uh, Sheffield Hallam's winnable for the Labour Party and you know we, we can uh, we can beat Nick Clegg and no one believed us and then, and we kept going and we and we worked incredibly hard in that seat and I say we because it, it was a it was an effort from people right across um, our community, some people actually who'd voted Lib Dem in 2010, friends who'd voted Lib Dem in 2010 and felt let down, people who'd never been involved in politics before who had a belief that things could change and, and be better and, and offer offer a decent alternative. And I think, you know, when I look back on that campaign, I think the thing that most resonated with people h- here in, in Sheffield, where I still am, it was that was that they wanted somebody that would stand up for our community and put our community first you know and and i think that's why they felt so let down by by nick clegg who essentially got the job of of deputy prime minister and then sort of went back on so much of what he'd said before the election people were looking for somebody that would stand up for the community 
do what they said they would do and, and work hard on behalf of, of Sheffield Hallam and, and make that a priority. And I, I managed to communicate that to people right across the constituency. And, and I think, you know, that connected. And I'm really proud that so many people then decided to put their faith in me, even though we didn't get quite get over the line. Yeah. And I mean, what, what did you cause what did you kind of learn from from that that campaign and that involvement? I know you said you'd stood for councillor and things like that before, uh, but it was obviously a high profile seat against obviously a very high profile politician. What lessons did you kind of take out of, of that experience? I think I mean, look, there is no there is no replacement for hard work and 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 people, I think, value very much the fact that that we took that campaign so seriously right from the beginning. You know, like I say, people didn't necessarily believe that the Labour Party could win in Sheffield Hallam, and yet we believed it. And so, and so, actually, communicating with people right across the constituency that, that there is an alternative here, actually, and we're going to work really hard to win your support. And and I think people value that. I think that's what most people, frankly, want from their representatives. Politics aside, you know, they want somebody that will that will stand up for their community, work work hard on their behalf, um, and that's and that's exactly what I tried to show them. I would do and and that's why I think I'm so proud that so many people did put their support support in me and in, in us because I think that was what we were saying throughout the throughout the campaign and I think also this idea actually that really what people want is is somebody that is rooted locally in the local community I think I had a huge advantage over Nick Clegg in the sense that you know this is my home like I was standing in my home constituency the place where I call home and and therefore, I know the place. You know, I understand the place just in my bones. Frankly, you know, it's 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 somewhere where my friends, my family live. It's where I go and have a drink on a Friday night. You know, it's where I do park run. You know, all those things. And, and therefore, I understand the place. And and I think that gives you a huge advantage when it comes to saying how do we communicate, but also what do we need, and 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 what do people want from their from their local MP. And you know, I was able, I think, to talk to people about that for a couple of years. And and I think that's why people supported us. And and that taught me a lot about kind of what's so important to people when they're thinking about who they want to represent them. And obviously from there, um, you had an even arguably, well, I, well, I suppose it proved to be a bigger challenge, which was running the Remain campaign across Yorkshire and the Humber. So obviously it's it's funny to cast a mind back to kind of 2015, 2016, but the general expectation was that Remain were going to to win across the country. And obviously, that isn't what happened in the end, uh, as we all know. What was what was that kind of experience of running the campaign like? And and when I don't know, was there any particular point where you kind of thought this isn't going the way that we, <laughs> we hoped we were hoping it was going to go? Yeah, about three o'clock on three a.m. in the morning. Off. I mean, look, I think it's fair to say I, I learned a huge amount about campaigning and. And, and how to run a campaign on a, on a significant scale when I worked um, on that campaign in Halland for, for a couple of years. I, I think it's probably fair to say that I learned as much about how not to run a campaign working on the Remain campaign in um, in, in Yorkshire. No, but, and I say that with all due respect to the volunteers and the people that worked on that campaign because they were brilliant and worked incredibly hard. But, you know, the problems were more, I think, strategic and systemic. And and, um, and so I learned a lot about about kind of how how not to do things, but it, look, it was it was ultimately for me personally a dispiriting result, and for all the people that voted to remain. But that's politics, and you, you know, politics doesn't always give you the result that you want. Um, you know, ultimately, people in South Yorkshire, in particular, but across the country, voted 
to leave and and we accept that and we move on and we and we then kind of you know we make the most of what what happens next and that's exactly how it should be and and I was proud of the role that I played because you know I believed believed that uh, that uh, you know we should have the closest possible relationship with our friends and neighbours in Europe. I absolutely believe that, but ultimately democracy is more important than that. And people have decided that they want to leave the European Union. We get on with it, and and we and then we make the most of the opportunities in front of us. Could, could I ask, without dredging up too much ancient history, <laughs> um, because I, I think it is interesting what you've said there. What what were the what were the problems um, with kind of getting across to people why they should vote Remain rather than leave? I mean, I think there was a sense to a certain extent of complacency. So I, th- I absolutely think there was a, there was a bit of complacency in terms of um, people believing, like you just you know, I think there was a sense that oh, look, Remain's going to walk it; it'll be fine. Um, uh, and in any political campaign, complacency is. Um, is de- really incredibly dangerous and, and nobody should ever take anybody's vote for granted. And I think if we didn't know that before, absolutely people um, should should look at the Remain campaign and, and how that works and understand that complacency is a killer. But um, more than that, I think that what the Leave campaign did so effectively and so well, and credit to them for it, was, was recognise that people were feeling incredibly let down. So this idea of let's take back control, let's take back control of our lives. And, and it relates actually to the to the idea of devolution in my mind. So actually people want to be in control of their own futures. And I think after, at that point, five, six years of austerity, people feeling as though so much of their opportunity and future had been taken away from them with very little say, um, particularly in communities like Barnsley and Rotherham and Doncaster um, and, and large parts of Sheffield. And um, people felt like that idea of taking back control was a very attractive one. And I completely understand that. And, and look, the Leave campaign did a better job of communicating that message than we did um, and they, and that was a that was an important message that people needed to hear and wanted to hear and voted for so you know that po- politics is about campaigning effectively and you know more often than not the better campaign wins so they run a better campaign than us credit to them and um and and I think I, and you know I understand why people voted to leave um, and then I, I wanted to ask you as well then about an, an article that you wrote in 2018 for the Huffington Post and it was explaining why at that stage you decided that you didn't want to stand for La- as the Labour candidate or put your name forward as the Labour candidate for Sheffield Hallam. Um, and I, I want to get it absolutely right what you said, that at the time you felt like the Labour Party had become a hostile environment for Jewish people like yourself. Um, spoke about your family background um, and how many of your mother's family had been killed in the Holocaust. Um, but the, the article itself also kind of talked about how hard it had been to come to the decision the decision to go public with kind of your feelings so I was just wondering kind of how difficult was it to write that article and and also what was the reception like at the time because it was a quite an intense time for the Labour Party internally wasn't it at that period yeah look I was I was incredibly sad to have to sort of make that statement and um and as you can imagine you know I'd, I'd run for uh, Sheffield Hallam for the seat in 2015 and was very proud like I say of that campaign and and then hadn't been able to stand in 2017 because I'd taken on a work commitment I'd given my word to my boss that I wouldn't go back into into politics in in that sort of short time and then when the opportunity did arise to potentially put myself forward and look at there's no guarantee that I would have been selected for the seat so you know um but but I, I was I had to make a decision about whether I could stand on a doorstep and defend um 
the way that the Labour Party then currently, you know, was. And, and I had to make that decision. And, it, and in politics, look, principles matter. They, they matter. And I couldn't defend the indefensible. And I, and I had to make that choice. And it was a very hard choice because the Labour Party, like I said, you know, I've already mentioned, I've been part of the Labour movement since I was a kid. You know, these are my friends. They're my family. Um, you know, chosen chosen family in lots of instances, you know. And, um, and to sort of, sort of write something so publicly about the challenge of the difficulty of, of being Jewish in, in the Labour movement, in the Labour Party at the time was was pretty heartbreaking for me. And I know for lots of other people, um, you know, perfectly honestly, like I was not the subject of um, a significant amount of abuse or, 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 or hatred or, or anything else uh, online. And, and I, you know, I'd like to think I am Jewish, but, but I didn't take that stand because I was Jewish. I took that stand because it was the right thing to do. And it was hard. It was a difficult decision, but ultimately sometimes sooner or later, you have to take those hard, make those hard decisions and, and stand up for your beliefs. Um, and I thought that, that that was the right thing to do as hard as it was. So I'm, I'm sad I had to do it, but I'm, I think it was the right thing. And, and, and in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad I did do that. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what was the reaction like when, when the article came out from people who knew you and kind of the local party? I mean, local like friends, friends in the, and I've never had any doubt about this, actually friends in the local party and people that had been such a kind of core part of our campaign in 2015 and people I'd grown to really, you know, get close to and, and know very well. Um, and still friends with, to this day were very supportive, you know, absolutely. Yeah, understandably, as you can imagine, you know, there was, a there was, um, criticism from certain parts of um, of well the labour movement and and people who disagree with me in the position that I taken, but look that's politics and and that's how it works and people are free to disagree um, sometimes didn't agree necessarily with how they disagree but you know free to disagree with me about the position that I took but I thought it was important that I made clear where I stood on on that issue and and um, you know the response is the response but you know you've got to make a decision sooner or later when these things happen and and. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't easy, but it was the right thing. I mean, obviously, that was the decision then. Uh, there's a new leader of the party now, and obviously, you've put yourself forward and and won the candidacy um, on this occasion. So, for you, what has changed in the Labour Party that you now feel comfortable standing? I, c- I certainly credit, you know, Keir Starmer with with tackling anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. I don't think anyone claims that it's perfect, you know, and I, I think any um, political party that claims that they have um, got no problems with any form of racism, discrimination um, is well, kidding themselves, frankly. And, and I think that's a dangerous place to be. So we have further to go, absolutely. But it is taken seriously. Um, Keir Starmer has made it his mission to um, to tackle that problem. And, and, it, and it's not easy, but he's doing that work and, and credit to him for that. I think also think it's important probably just to say that I'm not putting myself forward to be the Jewish mayor of South Yorkshire. I'm putting myself forward to be the mayor of South Yorkshire. And, and you know, it just so happens that I'm Jewish. And, and you know... Because I've seen a few articles, like, would you, is it right to say that you would be the, the first Jewish metro mayor? I, I, listen, I don't, I, I'm not into yeah. the conversation so, with yeah, Andy Street or, or Dan Jarvis. Or, as far as I understand it, yeah, I think as far as I understand it, that's that's right. I, you know, I, I don't know that for sure, but as far as I understand, that's right. And look, I'm you know proud of that fact. I'm proud of, of who I am and, and my faith. But but equally, 
I'm not asking people to vote for me on that basis. I'm, you know, let's talk about policies and ideas. It just so happens I'm, I'm Jewish and um, more importantly, I'm standing for the Labour Party and all that, all that means. So, um, yeah, I'm pleased to be able to now put myself forward, proud of it, proud of the Labour Party now. And, and, um, and we'll be asking people to support me on the basis of my ideas. So that, that very neatly leads on to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which was if you do end up winning in May, obviously there's a long way to go. Um, what do you hope to achieve as mayor? Easy question for you. How <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, I think this is my home, right? This is this is my home. And, and I've, look, I've lived, I went to university in Leeds. I've lived in London briefly, but this is my home. It's where I've grown up. It's where I live. Um, it's where I hope to grow old, right? So um, I, 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 I'm, I'm in it for that reason. That's why I put myself forward. And I, I'd like to try and restore some of that pride and purpose and prosperity of of the region. Um, look, I think we I think we deserve that. that South Yorkshire is a brilliant place. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic place. It's why I, I live here. You know, I had the opportunity to move away, as everybody does. And, you know, I've, I've um, stayed in South Yorkshire because... This is the place I want want to be because it's a great place. You know, we've got so much to offer, be it the landscape, be it the industry, be it the people. You know, there's a huge amount on offer in South Yorkshire. Very lucky to be here. But let's not kid ourselves. There are challenges as well. So, you know, challenges that we face here in South Yorkshire, one in three kids living in poverty. We've got um, one in eight workers, people, working people living in poverty as well. We've got, um, we earn about 350 quid a month less than people who live down south. For every pound that they spend on transport here, they spend about seven pounds on transport. The government spend about seven pounds on transport um, down south. And, you know, big challenges and problems that we have to face up to, not not to mention, you know, climate change, uh, new industrial revolution, you know, significant challenges that we're facing as a, as a region, as a community, as a society. And I think we deserve to be in charge of our own future in tackling those tackling those challenges so I put myself forward not because I think I can do that myself but because I want to lead that charge with our community and, and figure out those problems and, and work on those opportunities together so that's why I put myself forward. So what would is there like one or two policies that for you if you can get them through or make what or, or areas even where you'd look at it and say I've met this has been a success what for you would be success in, in that first term. Sure. I mean, I think look, there are policies, and I'll come on to those in a second, but there's yeah. also a sense of, I think, what people want from a mayor, from their their their, their political leadership. And, and it's this sense that actually, I think people need to be listened to and heard. And, and I think people want to see that um, the government, but also um, local regional leadership have as much faith in them as they have in themselves, as much ambition for them, for us, as they have for themselves. And and I think if nothing else, what I really want is that for people to feel more optimistic, more ambitious, um, more supported to go forward as we face some of those challenges and take advantage of those opportunities. And, and that feeling is more um, it's more hard to measure, but it's absolutely kind of something that I think is incredibly important to remember that this isn't just about policies. It's about that sense of pride and purpose and, and people move, feeling as though they're, they're, um, their political leadership are, are representing them and what they want for their lives and, and their future. So that's really important to remember that. In terms of policies, there's a load of things, you know, absolutely tackle, tackling climate, you know, and the climate emergency and, and figuring out a way forward for us as a, as a region, not just to, again, um, address the challenges of climate and there are a number of those not least 
you know, um, how we deal with our housing stock, what we do about transport and public transport is another area. Um, but, but also, how do we take advantage of the opportunities that, that, that come with that change, that transformation? So, you know, South Yorkshire has got the Advanced Manufacturing um, uh, re- uh, Research Centre. It's got the Advanced Manufacturing Park. It's got all, you know, blade technology. Um, you know, it's got the opportunity to hydrogen, uh, ITM power. You know, it's got all the MagTech. It's got all these kind of companies that are at the forefront of some of this, um, some of this new economy, taking advantage of those opportunities to drive opportunity growth um, wealth creation, allow people to have a, a future purpose, jobs, um, you know, and get on in life is, is a big deal. And so that's, a, you know, a, a significant area where I really want to sort of drive forward and, and, and link to climate, some of the stuff around um, biodiversity loss and, and tackling those challenges there. You know, I've said already, we'll plant 1.4 million trees in order to sort of tackle that challenge, but a load more besides. And I want people to have more faith in politics. I think, you know, at the moment, faith in politics and politicians is i wouldn't say an all-time low but it's getting there and um, and so tackling some of that by being more transparent more accountable um uh, and i think that's something that a mayor can do that is you know harder for maybe our mps to do obviously for, uh-huh. you know, for obvious reasons have to be in london for most of the week so so being a visible leader being more accountable to the local community and, and more transparent is something that i also want to try and do to address that 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 deficit that we see at the moment in terms of politics and then make our economy work better not we don't just need a bigger economy we need a better economy that works for people and um, so so tackling some of those challenges there and um, so there's a bunch to go at you know there's loads yeah. of things to go at. i'm really excited but i think it's a, I think yeah. it's a fantastic role and i think there's some big you know systemic challenges to get your teeth yeah. into as mayor i was talking to someone earlier this week about the challenge about the future of work right so what does the future of work look like in in south yorkshire we have um, we have a certain type of economy in this country, but also in, in this region, which hasn't, I think, quite adapted to the idea of the transformation that will come from artificial intelligence, from increased digital automation, and from the way in which we will work differently as a result of those things. So what do what does the future of work look like in South Yorkshire? Energy, we're all seeing a big spike in our energy bills at the moment. What can we do in South Yorkshire to address some of those challenges of energy poverty, of the cost of energy? Um, and these are big long-term challenges, and I'm excited by those challenges in terms of addressing them and, and figuring out a way forward for our region um, to um, to address those problems, but make, make them turn them into opportunities, and that's what I want to try and do. So c- can I ask you, obviously, at the moment, Dan Jarvis is the mayor, um, um, and he's stepping down to focus on his duties in parliament do you and i know obviously this is if you get elected but do you see that you'd have a different style or a similar style to, to dan in terms of the way he's done the job or or kind of how do you kind of see it working yeah i think dan might just be standing down to have a little bit of a nap to be honest i don't know how he does it <laughs> <laughs> I speak to him, he's got so much energy it's, in, it's incredible you know with doing both those jobs uh, you're very impressed okay like I, I think dan's done a great job um, and Dan, what Dan has done is provide the platform for the next mayor, whoever that is. So obviously when Dan came in, there wasn't that uh, devolution deal that had been signed and we didn't have the ability to, you know, there wasn't a mayor at that point. You know, he had to come in and, and sign that off and get that all done and agreed and everything else. So Dan's given us the opportunity to to have a new approach in South Yorkshire and, and fight for, for more devolution. So, of course, you know, I will do things differently to Dan in some ways. Um, but he's given us the opportunity to have this kind of post and, and for the next mayor to be able to take on those challenges and fight this government out, whoever is in charge, frankly, for more power, more control, more investment in South Yorkshire. 
um, so that we can um, we can move forward as a region. So I think South Yorkshire's got a lot to thank Dan for, and whoever's the mayor will will have that platform to build on. I guess my final question um, would be that the mayoral roles, the metro mayor roles, have kind of grown and grown and grown in importance in the last few years, and they're occupied in a lot of cases by very high-profile people. Um, this is obviously a, a hugely important role in South Yorkshire. You haven't held public office, elected office before. So do you feel that you have got the ability, skills and experience to, to do this role justice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I've, um, like I say, this is my home, it's where I'm from. I've worked in local government for, well, uh, a large part of my my my, uh, my career. So I've worked in actually all four um, of the local authorities. Um, with Actually, yeah, with, I worked at the LEP, the Local Enterprise Partnership, which is wow. part of the mayoral combined authority. Worked there for three, four years, I think it was. Um, worked at Barnsley Council with um, Steve Houghton, the leader there, uh, very closely. Um, I, I, previously, you know, worked until recently worked for national charity called Book Trust, running their local government engagement with 150 plus top tier local councils. So I understand local councils, local authorities, understand our region. Um, and I understand, I think, some of the challenges that we have to face and, and tackling those. And I, I said from the start, when I put myself forward, I want to try and do politics differently. You know, I want to try and do things differently in our region. And you know the members of the Labour Party put their faith in me on that on that basis, and that means actually doing things in a way that maybe they haven't been done before. And I think that's hopefully hopefully an exciting thing for for people to understand because at one of the issues and the challenges I think we have is in terms of um, in terms of the debate about devolution at the moment. And we see it with you know the levelling at white paper the, the other day. Um, you know this government have been in power well, with their Lib Dem partners in the first five years, but essentially for for twelve years, and then they turn around to us now and say, um, "Well, we want to um, reduce the murder rate in the north, or we we think people in the north now should have um, higher standards of living." Now, frankly, I don't think it should have taken them twelve years to work out that half the country um, deserved what I would think of as fairly basic ambitions um, or, or deserve the support to get to a place that a lot of the country, chiefly in, in London and the South East maybe, have, have enjoyed for a while now. So um, I don't think the question is, what will the government let us have? I think the question is, what do we want as a region, as a community, as, as a society in South Yorkshire? And then fighting for that um, on the basis of what people here have decided are priorities. And that me- that is a different way, I think, of approaching that challenge and, and of doing politics. And, and maybe that's why I put myself forward to try and lead that charge, like I say. Um, and I'm really excited by it, um, by, by that opportunity, because I think it's incredibly important. You're right, Metro mayors are big, important roles, and quite rightly. And, and I would hope, I would hope become more important as devolution gathers pace, um, because, you know, I, I think the the danger, the worry is that, that for this government in particular, you know, like I say, it's been 12 years and it feels a bit like a slogan, doesn't it? Levelling up feels like a slogan. So-called levelling up feels like a slogan. And and that's the worry, I think, that, you know, if Boris goes, if, you know, it's taken over by sort of Rishi Sunak or, or whoever it might be, um, you know, that we lose that, that focus. And so mayors have a big job of keeping um, people's attention and focus on, actually delivering on those promises and those commitments. And um, and I think that couldn't be more important. 
Look, thank you so, so much for your time. It's been absolutely fascinating speaking to you. Um, good luck with the campaign. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, we'll see. it's really not that long now, is it, mate? So, I've, got, like, I've got a post on <laughs> my wall. Write down the day every day. I come, come in in the morning and write down one, one day fewer. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's no time at all. So uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon. But, you know, I'm going to have to get out there and do some, do some work and talk to it. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pod's Own Country. Um, speak again next week.